Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now here's your host, Paul Charchian. Welcome to Week 17, a special edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. I'm Paul Charchi, and my co-host is Brian Johnson. What's up, Charch? We made it to the fantasy offseason. <laughs> we did. It is. It's a, it's the fantasy offseason, even if it's not even, I guess, the. I wouldn't even call no. it the, the, it's not even the playoffs. No, it's still the, the, the NFL. It's, it's still the regular season. It's but. regular reality season fantasy offseason. Exactly. And exactly. I didn't think we were going to make it here, to be honest with you. I don't, know, I don't know about if you. you back if you rewind in, back to August, yeah, it looked bleak. It sure yeah, did. But, but here we, we are. Hey, and give the NFL credit, man. They just said, we're going to power through this. And there were a lot of people that said, oh, no, that's wrong. Uh, what do you want to do? Do you want to infect, you know, infect all the players? you want to give 32 teams COVID? You know what? They, you know, to their credit, it, it wasn't always a smooth ride. And it, a lot of people had to do a lot of adapting, including fantasy owners. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the NFL had it right. Let's hope they can get through the playoffs without any uh, major hiccups, too. We don't want to jinx them now. Yeah, but from a fantasy perspective, we don't care. We're done. <laughs> yeah, mostly, yes. Uh, except seasonal. week 17. For, right. Yeah, for seasonal, it's over. If you're playing, you know, as you guys already know, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're playing your fantasy championship in week 17, you're doing it wrong. Uh, but we believe this is a great opportunity for daily fantasy sports. And that's, we're going to just spend most of this podcast talking about some angles that we like for DFS. Yeah. Um, some people don't even know what DFS stands for. I just think, I think that makes sense. I think there's a great opportunity for DFS players in, in week 17, Brian, because some percentage of the people that are playing this week, they're not even really paying clo- five, 10% aren't paying close enough attention to all of the things that shift in week 17. Yeah. You got to really, 
pay close attention in week 17. Well, let's dial it back really quick, just for anyone who doesn't know what daily fantasy sports is, most do, but if you don't, if you happen to not know, it's whatever you know about fantasy football marries up to DFS in the, the lineup that you set is very similar. One quarterback, two running backs, blah, blah, blah. The scoring is very similar to what you're used to. But where it's different is you build your team with a fake salary cap. Most sites, it's $50,000. You use that, and every player has a price tag attached to him. The better ones are more expensive. The ones who aren't as good are cheaper. So you can't just load up on all the good players. That's DFS in a nutshell. All right, and what a, I, I think there's – do you want to go beyond that and explain, you know, game theory, well, stuff like that? Well, I mean, real I, quick, we won't go – we won't get too heavy. Hand-holding we, we won't get too heavy, but when we talk about some players we like this week, we're going to say they're a good tournament play or a cash game play. There's generally two kinds of games in daily fantasy sports. There's tournaments, and those are the big contests where there's a first place, a second place, a third place, all the way down the line. And those are the contests where you really – well, those are the, the tournaments. Then the cash games are the head-to-heads or the 50-50s where either you're playing against one person or half of the people in the contest win. And in those contests, you just kind of want to stay with the pack. You know what I mean? You don't want to differentiate. You don't want to get too contrarian. I'm throwing a lot of buzzwords out there. You don't want to use leverage plays. You just kind of you go with the best plays, basically, in cash games. But in t- tournaments, you got to stray from the pack at times. you got to zig while others zag. You can't just go with all the chalky best plays or you're flat out just not going to win a tournament because so, there's too many people too in the many tournament. people there's, so you it, know, there might be a thousand people in the tournament or twenty thousand people in the tournament so if you just if you play everything normal yeah. you're, you're, you're just not going to stand out your, your and, and especially if you only have one or two lineups because you're going up against guys that have a hundred lineups and they're they're using all all of the popular plays so you have to zig while others zag all right is there any other Daily Fantasy Sports 101 that you think our listeners need to know right now at, before we get started? I would say they call it a game of skill. It's still gambling. Don't put up money that you're not comfortable losing in DFS because it is very hard to win in DFS, especially in tournaments. DFS and fantasy does not meet the legal definition of gambling. Exactly. Let me be extremely clear about this. What Brian just said is wrong. It is it wrong. It's not gambling. Just an opinion. It is. you, But you are putting your cash at risk. <laughs> you but are. it is not meeting not the gambling. definition of gambling. Black and white, not gambling. Let's talk about some of the uh, NFL teams you need to avoid as you're putting together your uh, your your daily fantasy rosters. And now when you're playing on most sites, you can literally remove these teams from your player pool by unclicking them in the matchups above. And I suggest doing that because you do not want any of these guys in any of your TFS lineups the from Ste- these teams. The Steelers have announced they're resting their starters. Yeah. The Chiefs have announced they're resting their starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the Steelers are resting their starters, they're effectively giving up on the number two seed, which means Buffalo is going to have the number two seed, which means Buffalo doesn't have to play their starters either. Nope. So there's a lot of danger with them. And then one other team that I think you, I would just plain avoid is Tampa. They can only move from the fifth seed to the sixth seed. And both of those are first round road games. And the Bucks may just decide, we don't know yet. Bucks may just decide, we don't care enough between the fifth seed and the sixth seed. So it doesn't matter. And we'd rather just rest our starters. That That's a better advantage for us. There's one small angle that they might want to target the NFC East team, right? But. That's a you lot. Could try to target the, yeah, you could try to target that NFC East team. Let me throw one more thing in here because when the, the, the morning wave of games is over on Sunday, that's going to alter how some teams may handle their games in the afternoon slate. So you always hear in seasonal leagues, 
on Thursday, right? Never if you have Thursday players, never put them in your flex spot. You mm-hmm. want to put them in your running back or wide receiver spot. That's definitely true. It's more so true in daily fantasy sports. Even if the, all, all the teams are playing, all the players are playing on the same day, make sure you have your latest start time in that flex spot. Even if it's your favorite player in your lineup and you're like, he's my favorite running back. Don't plop him in at running back. Put him in at your flex spot, whether he's a running back, a wide receiver, even a tight end. The latest spot, the latest start always in your flex spot in DFS, especially in COVID times because players get scratched right before the game. Look at Des Bryant, and you want to leave yourself ultimate flexibility. Okay, so back to some of the teams that we've talked about, the teams you don't want to target. The teams that are highly motivated to win on Sunday are Cleveland. Uh, They'll be going up against the Steelers, a team with backups, as we mentioned. And for Cleveland, it's not only a playoff spot. It's a win over a hated division rival who has dominated the Browns for like 20 years. So, you know, this I think the Browns are going to be up for this. Tennessee needs a win for the division title and a home game in round one. Highly motivated team. Mm -hmm. They get Jacksonville. Ravens have a win and in scenario. And if they lose, they likely go home. So they are highly motivated. Indy needs a win and help. Green Bay looks to lock up home field with a win, so they'll be motivated. New Orleans can leapfrog Green Bay to the number one seed with a win and some help. Packers could also keep their, you could argue the Vikings are their biggest rival, but they would keep the Bears out of the playoffs too if they win that yeah, game. Too. They do not want, yeah, Although, if you're the Packers, I want the Bears. Yeah, <laughs> fair point. I, mean, I want, I, seriously, yeah. I want the Bears in, in the playoffs. That is a, that's yeah. a team you can beat. Uh, we mentioned New Orleans, I believe, that can leapfrog Green Bay. Washington needs uh, – can they win. They're in a win-and-in scenario. So, And lo- if they lose, they go home. So highly motivated team there, but that's a tough offense to find yeah. help in. Uh, Rams need a John Wolford-led win <laughs> over Arizona uh, or a loss by Chicago to Green Bay. So they will be playing to win, but they'll be doing without their starting quarterback, their best receiver, and two running backs. So. Yep. Bad news for the Rams. Chicago's got a win and in scenario. Dallas needs a win and help, and the Giants need a win and help. Um, they play each other. So whew, it's a lot of teams that are highly motivated for playoff positioning. Now let's talk about some of the players that uh, that caught our eye, especially by the dollar at the quarterback position. Brian, go ahead. Uh, well, I like uh, Ryan Tannehill a lot, and how can you not? He's up against the Texans who – have packed it in. Well, they packed it in last year, essentially, for this season. And then Tannehill has played Houston already, had uh, 364 passing yards, four touchdowns against the Texans in week six. I mean, Brandon Allen just had 370 yards and two touchdowns for the Bengals against the Texans last year. Now, now Tannehill's not cheap. He's 7K on DK. That's, uh, you know, sixth, seventh priciest quarterback. But I don't see his ownership percentage being super high because – of the running back on that team who we're going to talk about well, shortly. Why don't we just pivot to him for a second? Okay. So Derrick Henry is $9,400, and this is the most favorable matchup of his year, and it's a must-win scenario. Yeah. So you have to make – I think you have to make a decision on whether or not you're going to go in on, on Derrick Henry. Yeah, in, in cash games, he's a guy that pretty much everyone's going to plug into their lineup in a 50-50 or a double-up where you just have to essentially come in the top half of your right. league. Double-ups is, or, uh, double-ups is more like top 40%. But, but yeah, in a, in a tournament play, not only is he very expensive, but uh, if he goes belly up, you're screwed because you've spent all your you money spent on him. Um, so to answer your question, if you're – playing one lineup in a GPP, 
I would not play Derrick Henry. I think his ownership percentage will high. still be high because yeah. it's a really good matchup against an awful, awful run defense, and he has proven success over them year in and year out. All right, so, so I would to, I would get go back to Tannehill. So okay. the contrarian angle then is ta- is to are you stacking Titans? Yeah, I would gain even more leverage by not playing Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. and if Derrick Henry doesn't hit his five, six times value, and that's basically when you multiply his salary by five or six and you get that many fantasy points. Yeah, I would stack A.J. Brown, who I believe has four touchdowns in three career games against the Texans, and uh, maybe even throw, we'll talk about Titans a little later, your boy yeah. John U. Smith in there. But, uh, yeah, that's how you gain leverage, not just talking t- uh, Titans in any, if you feel a player, is going to be super high-owned, and that's a running back. Mm-hmm. Then your, your leverage play is either the running back from the other team or the passing game. From that same team, and uh, and that's the instance here where I think Henry's going to be a 25-30% ownership, and uh, so yeah, the leverage play be Tannehill and his receivers. I am really intrigued by Baker Mayfield. He's yeah. only $5,500, uh, That and he's my number six-ranked quarterback because the Steelers have nothing to play for. I think this is this is the stack I would put into a bigger tournament uh, to differentiate myself. I would be, and you're going to hear more Browns come up uh, later on in the show. I like Baker Mayfield fifty five hundred dollars instead of the seven thousand that Tannehill yeah, costs. Yeah, he he comes in cheaper than last week when he didn't have any of his wide receivers. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the, the the books just sees Pittsburgh, but they're not factoring in how bad that defense is going to be or depleted per se. Depleted, yeah. right, right, and the Steelers just don't have anything to play for. So, I think that's a good angle. Are there any other quarterbacks you want to talk about? Yeah, and this is a pretty much a meeting, meaningless game between the Lions and the Vikings, but I like Cousins at 6,300. He won't have his left tackle, but the Lions are probably the least motivated team out there. They're going to be without a lot of players, and uh, Cousins had 223 yards and three touchdowns against Detroit in Week 9 on just 20 pass attempts, and they're going to be Sands, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison not guaranteed to play. They got Justin Jefferson chasing the Rookie of the Year award, essentially. And Kirk's just going to want to shut up the haters one more time this year. And I just see him. <laughs> the Vikings should have fun in this game with their skill players. I don't see why they would not. So yeah. uh, this Lions game might get overlooked. Ravaged yeah. by injury. This game might get overlooked because it's totally meaningless to both teams. So I like Cousins. And again, it's a, a very stackable team with Jefferson and yeah, even Thielen, too. Yeah. All right, let's go to the running back position. Um, we talked about Derrick Henry. We're mostly saying we. I think we can find better value elsewhere. And you know, I'd love to have Derrick Henry, but I'm not at ninety four hundred dollars. So let's talk about some of the other guys you like, beginning with David Montgomery. Yeah, David Montgomery has arguably the a ceiling just about as high as Henry. He's he out outperformed performed Henry last week, and Henry had the better matchup. And Montgomery essentially underperformed, even though he hit twenty points. He didn't score a touchdown. No, he did score, but he didn't hit hundred yards. Yeah. People were expecting a bigger game from from Montgomery last week, but he should have a great game against Green Bay. He did in Week 12, had 103 yards on just 11 carries. He added 40 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, The path of least resistance against the Packers is still against the run. Derrick Henry didn't prove that against Green Bay last week, but the the game script got flipped upside down on uh, Tennessee. And Chicago has a chance to win this game. Packers will be without David Bakhtiari and... Mm -hmm. uh, Chicago's going to run the ball and keep Rodgers off the field, and they're going to feed Montgomery uh, heavily. So at 7,700, almost 2,000 less than uh, Henry, uh, Montgomery's a guy like in tournaments. Uh, Talk to me about Miles Gaskin. This is a game in which Tua is going to get the start, uh, and I think there's a lot of people that have a lot of trepidation about starting Tua in this this matchup, and I would, and I'd be, if I were the Dolphins, I'd be orienting towards the running game here, and Gaskin got almost all the work last week with – 
uh, Savon Ahmed healthy. Yeah. And Ahmed got the start, and you could tell they were kind of wanting a maybe a 50-50 split, but Gaskin yes, just played so much better that Ahmed yeah. never saw the field, essentially, after the first quarter. And again, this is one of those uh, very motivated teams in Miami mm-hmm. playing against a very unmotivated Buffalo team. And uh, Gaskin is uh, very moderately pl- priced at 6500 This is a guy I think you'll see is somewhat popular in both cash games and tournaments, but at that price and this expected workload, that was the first game where Ahmed and Gaskin were both healthy too, and yeah. Gaskin just blew him out of the water when it comes to playing time. So I think he's a guy that I would uh, lock into most lineups uh, regardless of playing tournaments or cash games this week. Heavily owned player might be Ty Johnson of the Jets yeah. because he is the starting running back for the Jets against a Patriots run defense that has packed it in, mm-hmm. giving up five and a half yards per carry over the last three weeks. Uh, Ty Johnson, we've got so Frank Gore's out, uh, and Lamichael Pirine is on the COVID list. Yep. So it's going to be all Ty Johnson in this game, and he's had one other game where he had a workhorse role. And in that game, he got 22 carries. He put up 104 rushing yards and a touchdown on the Raiders. Yeah, that's when Gore got hurt in, like, the first carry. I remember I was heavy on Frank Gore that week, so oh. I remember that week well. Because yeah. Yeah, Ty Cause Johnson did well. Yeah, yeah. it was Raiders. Yeah. And then Johnson did well when Gore came back, even though Gore got all the carries. He had six catches and a touchdown the following week. So, yeah, he, he can play for sure. And Now, he's only $4,300. Yeah, he's going to be a very chalky very, play. A lot of people in, have in, in both cash games and tournaments. So, uh, he's not a full-on fade, but when... It's it's tough to pass on a bell cow running back at this price. Yeah. But if you have the stones to, and we'll talk about a leverage play uh, very shortly on the Jets, if you're not going to go with Ty Johnson, and it, but Ty Johnson wets the bed, you have a huge edge on the field. Even even though he was so cheap, his ownership percentage projects to be very high. But I would come in personally owning him less than the 30-40% he'll probably be owned mm-hmm. by the field by only owning him like two of my 10 lineups per se. Alexander Madison looks to be the Vikings lead back with Dalvin Cook out. He goes up against the Lions, a team allowing the fifth most rushing yards, fifth most receiving yards to opposing running backs. And Dalvin Cook destroyed them when they met earlier in the season. Um, they're, the Vikings, if you want to go contrarian, you talked about Cousins, and we do like the passing game here, but it's still the Vikings. They're never going to give up on the running game completely. And they could make, if they could decide, coaching staff could decide. We want to protect our most valuable players, Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. We're just going to run Alexander Madison in this game. Yeah, one of the most common mistakes in fantasy football, whether it's daily or seasonal, is a backup running back gets the starting job for whatever reason, a suspension injury, mm-hmm. and you just assume oh, he's going to yeah. perform like the starter did. Yeah, That's usually not the case, but that's kind of the case with Alexander Madison when he's gotten the, the opportunity. So, yeah, I love the Madison play. He'll probably be uh, another very popular cash game option because he seems like a very safe play. I don't think his ownership percentage will be as high in tournaments because people mm-hmm. will want to differentiate. And there's a little worry because he's questionable. They might give Mike Boone some run, run so... uh but yeah, Madison's certainly in play this week. We expect Madison to be available here. What do you think about Kareem Hunt, who I've added to our discussion list here at fifty nine hundred dollars? And, and we talked about Browns earlier. They've got a you know they've got a matchup against a Steelers team that's not going doesn't have anything to play for. We've saw Jonathan Taylor and Giovanni Bernard both put up big games against the Steelers in the last two weeks, and maybe the Browns just get ahead early in this one and they just rest Nick Chubb some. Maybe. Yeah, that's a lot of maybes for, for it is a lot, and it's fifty nine hundred dollars. Not cheap. He's not. Yeah, he's not. That's the same price as Madison, but you expect Madison to to be the bell cow essentially. If if Chubb's play, yeah, Hunt is still a backup running back, right? He gets good run at at 
at the backup running back spot, but at 6K, his 10 to 15 touches still aren't guaranteed, and you want you want 15 guaranteed touches from your running back almost regardless of price. Of yeah. price. And who's to say they don't rest Chubb and Hunt and like Ernest Johnson? Right. So that I, I, me. I'm kind of off on Hunt. He, okay. he would be. He has a very high ceiling. He always does. So he would be a good tournament play because no one's going to be on him. But like in a cash game where you're trying to stay with the pack, stay right at the you know the middle of the, <laughs> the scoring field. Yeah, Hunt's a no go. Uh, a guy I like for the salary at wide receivers, Emmanuel Sanders, $5,500. Since Drew Brees has come back, Sanders averaging 80 yards per game. Obviously, no Michael Thomas in this game. Uh, Traquan Smith's a question mark. The Panthers' secondary has been all over the place. And good bad, good games, bad games. You don't know what you're going to get there. But Sanders has been very bankable, and $5,500 seems reasonable. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I think he will also be a, a pretty popular choice this week with Thomas still on IR. But at $5,500, you, you can you can eat that chalk essentially if he's going to mm-hmm. get you your 20 25 points which is, if he sees the volume he should all right my next receiver i like is uh, is a value play Richard Higgins $4500 Jarvis Landry will cost you 2000 more than Richard Higgins and i'm getting a guy who over the last 3 weeks has basically been this has scored as well as Jarvis Landry has he has scored and or topped 76 yards in three straight games Richard Higgins has i feel like this is a great opportunity to go Mayfield Higgins I got a cheap quarterback. I got a cheap receiver in a great matchup. Definitely. And uh, these receivers are going to be frothing at the mouth after being forced to sit <laughs> I, I know. last week. And I feel so bad for Landry, who never missed a game in his career. Right. This I is didn't how know it, that. This is, that's how it went down for it, him. Yep. Oh, that sucks. But yeah, if I had to pick between Higgins and Landry, it's definitely Higgins because of the, 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 the $2,000 delta for sure. All right. Tell me about Calvin Ridley. He's $8,500. Yeah. That is a huge amount. Yeah. Second priciest receiver on the slate. I think because Green Bay is still motivated. If someone's going to be spending up at receiver, they'll probably still go Devontae Adams' way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is kind of a, just a gut call. Rid- these teams played two weeks ago, the Bucks right. and the Falcons, and Ridley had 10 catches, 163 yards, and a touchdown on 14 targets. There's no Julio. I don't think Julio is playing no, he's this out. He's out. And really, I just think the only thing Atlanta has to play for right now is getting Calvin Ridley the receiving title. <laughs> Which he can get. He's in fourth place right now. By yards? By yards. He's about 120 behind Diggs, who's not going to play, essentially. So he's locked in. And then he's got Hopkins and Adams, who are no more than 50 yards ahead of him. And Adams, maybe. I don't know if Hopkins is going to have a big game. I think they just feed Ridley mercilessly in this game. And against a, a, a leaky secondary who's given up yeah. 16 wide receiver touchdowns. So Carlton Davis may miss another game. Yeah. This is just a, a 30, 40 point potential uh, that I see people overlooking for the most part. It'll probably only be owned about 10% at, at most. You alluded to another Jets player that you liked if you weren't going to go Ty Johnson. Who is it? Yeah, so if you're most people plug in Ty Johnson into their lineup, they're not going to really want to put a Jets wide receiver in your lineup. But, uh, if I'm not playing Johnson, I'm playing Jameson Crowder for sure. And he had a big game last week. So, but I'm, I've always loved Jameson Crowder. And he and Sam Darnold are fully clicking again. When he faced the Patriots the first time in week nine, he was coming off a three week injury. Uh, Joe Flacco was the quarterback. He still yeah. caught a touchdown. Um, I think he catches another touchdown on Sunday, if not two. And look, this is the Jets' one chance to like just beat. The piss out of the Patriots, right? Yeah, they got a gets, lot of. It never gets more promising. They got a than lot here. of bent up, uh, pent up aggression here. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I just like Jameson Crowder at five K. That that is way too cheap from a guy who's guaranteed to see ten targets. 
still a Patriots pass defense that even without Stephon Gilmore has been good except last week. Except last week, uh, you know, yeah. And, you know, but Josh Allen's not on the field. It's Sam Darnold. I'm I'm more nervous about this one than you are, but 5000 is a is a is a fair price to pay. Let's go to the tight end position. Um, I've got my guy, Jonu Smith, who I like at only $3,800. Everybody's given up on Jonu Smith. There's going to be a ton of Tennessee stacks, but nobody's going to – they're all going to be stacking Tannehill and Davis. Tannehill mm-hmm. and Brown. Nobody's going to be stacking Tannehill, Janu. Nope. And that's, I think that's your angle. Most, uh, you know, Janu's um, targets have been good the last two weeks. Five targets, seven targets. Finally healthy. Back, you know, at the start of the season healthy, and he was a dominating tight end force. Then he got hurt, missed, I think, one game, played hurt for the better part of like five, six weeks, but clearly back healthy again and part of this offensive rotation. And this feels like a good angle at only $3,800. Yeah. And I believe he went somewhat nuclear. Uh, well, no, it was this was the Ferkser game. I think this is when John who got hurt. This is the game. It could where, be. And Ferkser had eight catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Wow. Against the Texans. So, yeah, I love the John who call. And really at tight end, I can usually find two or three guys dirt cheap you know, minimum price even that I, that I like, but I'm basically hand jamming Mike Gusecki into all my lineups this week. I'm treating him as a, a wide receiver one yeah, who you can play at tight end. Again, they're playing against the uh, unmotivated Buffalo Bills who there have been three games where tight ends virtually did nothing. Two catches by opposing tight ends in three games against the Bills, and that was two games against the Patriots and one game against the Jets. Those teams don't use their tight ends at all. So take those three games out. Mm-hmm. There's actually one game where Herndon did something against the Bills, so I kept that in because he did something. Okay, But you take out those three games where tight ends did nothing because they weren't even targeted, and opposing tight ends are averaging 6.75 catches, 73 yards, and .7 touchdowns per game against Buffalo when they're playing motivated. Yeah. And Mike Gusecki had eight catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown in the first meeting as well when these teams played. That was way back in week two, but still, Gusecki is, I'm treating him like a wide receiver one. And if I can put a wide receiver one in my tight end spot all day, every day. Makes sense. All right. Uh, lastly, defenses. <sighs> um, you know, this is always, it always feels like, all right, what money do I have left? All right, I'll just pick that defense. Is there, are there some angles you like here? That's really how you should treat it. And nothing too scientific here. Cleveland. <laughs> You're going up against Pittsburgh. There's Mason Miami. Rudolph. Yep. yep, Mason Rudolph. Miami going up against uh, Matt Barkley, I believe. The Matt Barkley probably led Bills. Uh, the Jets, I think they're might be the cheapest option out there on most sites. They just have the and, awful and it's, Patriots. It, it, well, and is it, it, Cam Newton starts the game. Who you know, he's been benched so many times now that you you don't even know who's going to finish. I'll throw this in, like so the Jets, and you, you're using Ty Johnson. It's it's very it's usually good practice when you. We're using a running back because you expect a lot of carries. And when you expect a lot of carries, you expect clock control. You expect the team to win the game. So you usually want to pair your one of your running backs with a defense because if the running back's on the field getting a lot of yeah. touches, usually the defense isn't giving up a lot of points and hopefully forcing some turnovers. So That makes sense. All right. Ty, Ty Johnson with the Jets is pretty much a no-brainer if you're going to use Ty Johnson. And then use the Jets defense. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Um, any other defenses that that's stick out for you? Uh, let me pull them up real quick, but no, because like you said, I, I, there's so much variance in defense. There's really you mm-hmm. can do some research, but if the, your team's defense, if their offense turns the ball over on the five yard line, then the other team gets the ball, they're going to score, and it's not your like. You, 
Focus on your key players and then just see what you can make work with defense, yeah, really. That might make sense. Don't, don't focus on the defense when you're building your lineups. All right, deal. Um, Chargers against the Chiefs backups? Yeah, I like Maybe. it. I All can right. dig it. Okay. All right. There's a little, I think there's a little something there. Can't Anthony Lynn, he can muck that up somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'll, I'm buying into anything LAC with Lynn employed no, still. I, I, I can understand that. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, it's our first off-season edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. We've got about, I don't know, 25 more off-season editions to go. Next week, we'll be focusing on the NFL playoffs and playing in the playoffs, uh, recommended formats for the playoffs, guys that we like, angles that we like uh, for your playoff leagues, which, why wouldn't you play in the playoffs? You got to. You have to, right? I mean, it's so much fun. I love playoff fantasy football. It's fantastic. All right, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you in one week. Bye-bye. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.